0: and welcome to another episode of the Anything Goes podcast, Football Chitter Chatter. I am your host, Toby, and I am joined once again by my not-so-beautiful assistant, Alistair. Alistair, how are you this evening? Ah, It just gets
1: better and better each time. Cheers, mate. I'm good, thank you. Good. I'm
0: glad to hear it. I wanted to make sure that your feelings were hurt so that I could bring you back down to earth before we talk about the Villa result in a bit. Um, (laughs) But, obviously, welcome to the Football Chitter Chatter podcast. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Spotify, follow us on Instagram, like, share, and subscribe so that you can get all of our latest posts and the latest news. And speaking of the latest news, before we move on to our Premier League reaction, just wanted to give everyone a quick update on some of the goings on around Europe. Uh, yesterday, Atletico Madrid wrapped up the La Liga title as they beat uh, via the lead. away from home, Luis Suarez scoring the goal that wrapped up the title, ironically, having been sold last season by Barcelona for not quite being at the right level anymore. Um, And as with last um, podcast, with the midweek special, we are currently going to be keeping an eye on all the results that are ongoing at the minute. So, um, the top four race in Syria is still ongoing. Juventus beating Bologna 4-0. Napoli 0-0 with Hellas Verona at the minute, which means that Juventus will leapfrog Napoli into a Champions League spot. And in Ligue 1 in France... Um, it is between Angers and Le uh, Angers. It is between Lille and Paris Saint-Germain for who wins the title tonight. Lille currently two point, uh, so one point ahead of Paris Saint-Germain going into tonight's game. They're away at Angers, but they are winning two 0 which means that as things stand, Lille will be winning the French league this evening. But our main reaction goes towards the Premier League. Alistair, how did you find the final day of the Premier League season?
1: Uh, fantastic! I'd just like to say you must be in your room for about an hour before practicing all those pronunciations for the uh, French league, because um...
0: <laughs> no, I'm just uh, I'm just I'm point. just knowledgeable, just knowledgeable about football, unlike you, mate.
1: Oh, cheers! Well, <laughs> ask me anything about Villa. Go for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, what Angers, Lille, and Paris Saint Germain. That's all I said. I could talk about Rem, Ren, Nîmes. Saint Etienne, Dijon, Strasbourg. All right,
1: right, Frenchie.
0: Well, what's wrong with the French, mate?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Goal!
0: It's an early goal update this week, Alistair. Napoli have just scored against Barcelona. Napoli have literally just scored on the hour um, to take the lead. So they are back in the European places ahead of Juve. That makes Um, things interesting. Nothing Juve can do. They are winning 4-0, but they need Hellas Verona to score for them to get into the uh, Champions League. So we'll keep you updated on that. But Napoli currently lead them back in the Champions League for next season as things stand. Um, but yeah, Premier League today, it was the final day of the season. We're obviously going to be focusing on the games that mattered more Um than the ones that were sort of dead rubbers. So we'll sort of run through the results shortly. But how did you find the day overall? Obviously me and you were sending texts back and forth yeah. pretty much all day. But how did you find it overall, like in terms of just keeping up with everything?
1: Uh just brilliant. I love it. You know, last last game of the season and um, I love it when there's still stuff to play for and you know mm. they, obviously relegation already done, title is done, but you know, that top that race for the top four was still so exciting. Yeah. Um I loved it, every minute of it. So um yeah, brilliant. And you, you still got at at the moment the um Italian and the uh French league. So it's yeah, brilliant.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love, I, like you, I love it when there's stuff to play for. And my poor wife earlier on was like, oh, it's nearly the end of the season. And I was like, well, yeah, there's two finals <laughs> next week. And there's the relegation playoff for the German and the French league as well.
1: And um, Euros.
0: <laughs> and then we've got the Euros. Don't like. forget that. I mentioned so, that to my girlfriend as well. She yeah, was they're absolutely, <laughs> no, I was going to say, they're absolutely furious that there's still going to be football through the summer um, but like you said there, there's loads to play for tonight, let alone what has happened earlier today. We will obviously be going into um, the results from earlier on. But as we say, there is a lot to play for across Europe tonight. As we said, Juve are leading 4-0 away at Bologna. Um, Napoli leading Hellas Verona. They've scored through uh, Romani, who's a uh, Kosovo international um, they lead 1-0. And then, as I said, Lille leading as well, which is great for French football that someone other than Paris Saint-Germain might win the title, um, in my personal opinion, anyway. Sure. Um, but they scored goals through Burak Yilmaz, and who scored their first one? It was Jonathan David, the Canadian international. So, um, really interesting game. I was watching the Lille game earlier on. Lille has been just... I've watched a lot of French football this year because I've got BT Sport. And they're just so good to watch, Lille, this season. They've been really good going forward. Um, Paris Saint-Germain just being Paris Saint-Germain are so inconsistent in their own league. It's almost frightening, despite all the quality they've got. Um, mm. but have you watched much Italian or French football or German this season?
1: To be honest, I really haven't. Uh, you know, I'm not going to use this as an excuse, but I think one of the things is, just because of all the the COVID and that, it's mm. I haven't really thought about it to be honest i'm yeah 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 i think that's followed it i have followed it you know i've been keeping track of it but yeah i haven't really watched much of it to be honest so no that's
0: fair enough i mean i've used it as an excuse to watch it more if anything just because i've wanted to watch as much football to fill my time as possible you know yeah um so like i say i've watched a lot of french football i do follow french football you know what i'm like anyway which our listeners might not but i follow all sorts of football Um, But I have a favourite team in every country. And like I say, my favourite team in France is actually Angers, who could have impacted the title tonight, but they're playing bloody terribly and 2-0 down against Lille. So, you know, uh, nothing too exciting there. But let's go to the Premier League. We'll run through the results very quickly that we're not going to talk about too much. Um, So, Arsenal beat Brighton and Hove Albion 2-0. Arsenal... Um, You know, finish the season strongly, but they miss out on Europe for the first time since 1996. Pepe scored both goals for them. Um, Newcastle United will have a word on shortly, I'm sure, but um, Willock scored again. uh, Seven games in a row that Willock has scored for Newcastle now as they beat Fulham 2-0 at Craven Cottage. Leeds United beat relegated West Bromwich Albion 3-1 at home. Goals from Rodrigo, Calvin Phillips. And Patrick Bamford in front of ten thousand Leeds United fans, with um, Hal Robson Canoe getting the last goal in the league for West Brom this season. Um, Sheffield United, shockingly for me, beat Burnley one nil. Mm. Um, goal from David McGoldrick won the game, um, scored after about twenty-five minutes. And then the other sort of dead rubber, because these two were you know solid as t- in terms of where they were going to be this season, uh, was Wolves one Man United two um before we go on to the exciting stuff in terms of like the race for the top four really interested to see what your thoughts were when you heard that um you know Nuno Espirito Santos is going to be leaving Wolves at the end of the season
1: yeah um yeah a bit of a surprise um maybe it's kind of come to a bit of a natural ending yeah Um... I think
0: he's probably taken them as far as he could has not he
1: yeah, and there's there's opportunities out there which I'm sure he'll jump on straight away. With. Yeah, you yeah. know there's possible like Real Madrid maybe or well I, um, the, the, the Spurs. Main,
0: yeah, I was going to say the main um, like link, the main rumor in football with regards to management this week is that Nuno Espirito will end up at Spurs next mm. season. Um, I suppose that is a step up for him, but at the same time. I, I kind of would have wanted him to continue with Wolves because he could have done something
1: really special there if he continued to develop them. He could have, um, but as we know, as far as we know, they've said that it's mutual agreement. Maybe they have yeah. just agreed that actually they've got someone else in mind, maybe. Maybe yeah. they, they know where they want to go with another manager. Um, and it's just, that is, like I said, just a, a natural ending. And it, and it just... It kind of makes sense, really. I think yeah, yeah. Um, it could be
0: a really nice fit. uh, The Wolves job could be a really nice fit for someone like Eddie Howe as well. Like, I could really see yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, I could see Eddie Howe going there and doing well. Um, So yeah, interesting movement in terms of the um, managerial side of things. Obviously, we'll talk about the league movements now. Then, in the Premier League, we knew exactly where we were going to start today. um, Was the race for the top four? So Leicester City and Liverpool started behind Chelsea. So Chelsea were in third, Liverpool in fourth ahead of Leicester on goal difference only. Liverpool played Crystal Palace at home. Leicester played Spurs at home and Chelsea travelled to um, some absolute minnows that play in Clara and Blue. Um, <laughs> the smallest team that play in Clara and Blue in the league, Aston Villa. Um, do you want to start with your, your team, mate?
1: I love it because it's like every every kind of, episode now is a, a five minutes of me just ranting on about Villa, isn't it? Well, yeah, because you're <laughs> the
0: only one who wants to talk about Villa.
1: <laughs> I could speak about it for so long. So, yeah, you know, well, no, I'm just gonna, well, let's I'm talk gonna... about it. because No, mate, I will, because I watched the game. Yeah, and, I mean, um, it's just, first and, and
0: foremost, before you go on a rant, it's an unbelievably good result to finish the season for Villa and what has been yeah. a great season for Villa as well. I think that um, Dean Smith, for what, you know, um, what's the word I don't want to say that you give him shit but for some of the grief that he takes from Villa fans and fans in general for the style of football Villa have played at times um, and his team selections at times I think that he deserves a lot of credit for the way that he's progressed to the club since last summer Um, obviously <laughs> a lot of people were looking at you finishing in the bottom half maybe near relegation again mm. but Really good progress, some really good sign-ins that he's made. The squad looks like it's got quality throughout now. Um, yeah. So that's sort of my piece on it. Another thing I just want to add really quickly, and I'm sure we'll go into it, is that Chelsea continue to struggle going into a Champions League final. You know, they've lost their last mm-hmm. three now. Um, yeah. You know, they lost to Arsenal, they lost to Leicester in the Cup final, and now they've lost to Aston Villa. Um mm. obviously they beat Leicester in the other Premier League game, but three of their last four they've lost going into a Champions League final. So really important that Chelsea have a good week of training up until um up until that final in Portugal. But Alistair, the floor is yours. Talk to me about Aston Villa's win over Chelsea
1: today. Yeah, um well I'll go on to the points that you said. Like, yeah. in my opinion, I don't think Dean Smith has like yet he. I've been a bit of a critic of him in certain points. I don't think his um, style of play is necessarily anything that I'm worried about or concerned about. More than anything, it was the second part you said the tactical decisions and sometimes the sub, yeah, well, tactically the substitutes and um, what he does tactic wise on the pitch. Um, yes. So yeah, maybe it's part partly style of play, but at the same time, I'm I'm always excited to see Villa play. Um, like I said last <laughs> last week, um, we deserve or not last week is on midweek. This gone. Um, we deserve to be where we are. Um, yeah. The table doesn't lie. And again, <laughs> reiterating the points, he has made four really kind of smart signings, and I think that that's going to be the case in this. Um, transfer window as well That it'll just be, we've got a good basis now and I look at mm. some players in there I what I, I was speaking to you about it, I, during the game, like Nakamba for example, was yeah. absolutely phenomenal in that game in my well, opinion. We
0: mentioned him in the, in the midweek special, I'm, I am a genuine fan of mm. Nakamba and he struggled to get into the team mm. um, but he's really, I think the best way to sort of summarise him up as of late, is he's really taken his opportunity when he's come
1: into the team? Hundred percent, you know, <laughs> like that. What he offers Villa is something which um, the likes of Louise and McGinn don't offer. Mm. And when you have Louise and McGinn in there, they're two great individual players. But it's all about balance, isn't it? And the thing yeah. is, you need someone holding back and really kind of dominating that midfield and you know, making the runs back, getting the tackles in all of and Nakamba did that nonstop today. Mm. And the thing about that was it allowed McGinn to go forward and do what he does best. And he did that today again, After you know, just
0: really quickly whilst you're talking, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but there's a huge development in Syria. Uh, okay. Napoli have conceded an equaliser to Hellas Verona. Wow. Um, so Diego Farioni has scored for Hellas Verona. Hopefully you like that pronunciation of Farioni. Um Brilliant. So he has scored, which means that, again, as we mentioned beforehand, Juve are now in the um, Champions League places. They're back in fourth place as a result of that goal. So uh, 20 minutes
1: left, isn't it? So
0: Yeah, so barely any time now. Um, but as I say, we'll keep you updated. Alistair, sorry, carry on where you are.
1: I can't remember to be honest, but yeah, it was something about You're talking uh,
0: about you were talking about marvelous academy marvelous.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um you know and it just allowed I was saying about McGinn, you know, it just allowed him to go forward, do what he does best, um, and press forward mm. and win the ball back, which he did again several times today. And um and it just worked well for us, you know that balance. So I'm, I'm kind of in my mind now. I'm struggling to see where Douglas Louise comes into the picture, yeah. Next season, because for me, like that starting eleven, pretty much was what I think we should have. Maybe you know Matty Cash come back in for horse, yeah. Um, but then you know we had two or three signings like Triore, honestly. I think he's only going to get better next season. I generally do. I watched, yeah, I haven't watched many Villa games, you know, live mm-hmm. um, because I've been busy elsewhere and this and that. So today I managed to watch that game and I've seen glimpses of him mm-hmm. in the last several, like five, six games of him really kind of coming to life. Um, and today he was just so, he's su- such a clever player, such mm-hmm. a clever player, gets around players so. Um, kind of neatly, and he's, he, he's almost got a glimpse of like Grealish. And again, I could speak for ages, but Grealish today was such a difference. You know, you could tell straight away that we missed that. And I honestly mm-hmm. think if we had Grealish for those games, which we didn't have him for, and that, what, 10 games or 12 games, we'd probably have, I genuinely think we'd probably have another two wins easily, and we'd be, you know, in around six, seventh, eighth, or something, well, yeah. seventh, eighth. But it's that yeah, thing,
0: so... <laughs> like that's the thing with a lot of clubs this season, is that the injuries have really hurt them. And I think obviously we'll go into that with Liverpool shortly. But the fact that you've managed to be relatively effective without Grealish is probably <laughs> one of the biggest achievements 100%, the this
1: season. Hundred percent, because that's such a it, it can be such a like stigma when you yeah. don't have that key player, but you play what well, say you know that scenario in your head when you think you. When that comes around, you think, "Oh, what are we going to be like?" And then it came around, and we had to just <laughs> deal with it. And we, you know, we didn't straight away, but we kind of had glimpses of us dealing with it, and um, and players stepping up to the plate to, you know, kind of ignite that spark of creativity. Yeah, um, but well, well, having back is brilliant. So
0: exactly, yeah. and obviously today, for those who aren't aware, um, Triore scored. From a like a set piece, which was really well worked, like we said when it happened. Um, Anwar El Ghazi scored the winner from the penalty spot on the 52nd minute. Ben Chilwell scored a really well worked goal for Chelsea, which we, you know, we heaped praise on at the time. Obviously, we were talking to each other, like I said, throughout the game. Um, Cesar Azpilicueta was sent off with a minute to go. Um, I haven't seen it. You said that he was sent off for uh, striking Jack Grealish. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it was just it, it, unnecessary. You know, mm-hmm. basically, you just fouled Grealish. Um, and uh, he tried to pick up the ball. And uh, and then he's literally just gone for a little whack to his face. And it was, you know, it was a red card, really. He just shouldn't have done it. But it was so yeah. petty and so kind of unnecessary. Um, so that was stupid of him. But the other point I'd like to make is I actually listened to the post-match interview of Touchell mm. And, uh, oh, man, I could not, like, you know, I could not. It was so, in my opinion, he was just such couldn't. an arrogant little git. You know, just the way he was speaking—like he was speaking as if, you know, every like as if Chelsea were unlucky with everything and Villa were lucky. Two cheap yeah. goals they gave away, and the, you know that there was like the As Quetta thing. Oh yeah, mate. Like, I think it, that it is just.
0: Yeah. I think that is just the way that some managers are though because I know that obviously when oh, Liverpool petty, it's Oh, like it's just like Liverpool went on a bad run on a like they went on a bad run earlier in the season obviously Liverpool and and they were and Klopp was making all sorts of excuses and taking it out on the wrong people and it was almost mm, like, like well you can't just blame everyone and everything else for your own shortcomings uh,
1: and to be fair I actually look at Chelsea in that game and I I, I you know in a way, I worry about them really because yeah, okay, they've just gotten to the champ, you know, top four and they're in the Champions League final. Two points like, A, he still hasn't got a you know, a striker, an actual striker, like you can't have Werner and that, yeah, up front. It's just, it, A, you know, first point for that is like he he's just offside every time, he can't keep onside, and it's just he, he's probably lost, you know, a good. Mate, what
0: did we say, though, the Abraham. other week? That that's why I had him as one of the flops of the season. I just don't yeah. think he brings as much as people wanted him to. And I just, I personally don't think that he's been as
1: effective as his price tag. Well, the other treat. thing is, yeah, and it'd be interesting to see what, like, Abraham would have been like up front. Yeah, but yeah. the other point I was going to say was... um. Uh, was something that I can't even remember right now. To be that's, honest. So, that's fantastic. Um, great analyst. Great <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I was going to say... Oh, wait, wait you keep talking. A. Go on. Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to quickly say... Oh, I fucking uh, that'd be I quickly. Was, if, I was, if I was any of those Chelsea players or Tuchel, I would not want to have known the City score today because a week from now they're playing them and they City must be looks like they
0: must be shitting they, themselves basically oh they must fall at the minute because th- the thing is it's not even just how good man City are it's how poor Chelsea have been in the last few mm. games because against Leicester and yeah. the uh, well against Arsenal first of all they couldn't score and let's be honest Arsenal have been piss poor all season <laughs> um you know they played the cup final against Leicester they offered very little um they scored, yeah, they scored an offside goal. Um, Kasper Schmeichel made two great saves, but, you know, that's three chances against a team that you would say are not quite as good as Man City. Um And then they've lost again today in a game where, again, and this is no disrespect to Villa or anyone at Villa's level, but when Chelsea go to Aston Villa, you'd be expecting them to win the game. Yeah. Um, So, you know, this form, at at this time, Chelsea have picked the worst time to hit some bad form. Um, And like you say, they can't make excuses because in a Champions League final, um, you know, there's nowhere to hide. And it's really interesting for me that Frank Lampard got sacked because obviously they weren't quite achieving what they wanted to. I know that touchell has got them into the top four, but they are going to finish the season potentially with zero trophies. And they have just scraped the top four.
1: Yeah, no, it's worrying, and I, I, I just think come what Saturday next week, mm. um, it could, in my opinion, it could be a three 0 easily. Yeah, um, easily. But than, at know, the same
0: time, at the same time, you know, Chelsea have had City's number this season. They've not lost to City this season, as, as far as I can remember. Um, maybe the first game, but they, you know, they beat them in the cup semi-final and they beat them at the Etihad a couple of weeks ago as well. So mm. really interesting. Um, we'll move on from Villa just because I cannot be asked to talk about them anymore. <laughs> um, one, I just wanted to do one really quick update, and this is in Syria um, just to keep everyone up to date on exactly what's happening there. Um, obviously next season, we've got the um, Europa Conference League <laughs> next, like that starts and, um, which is obviously like the third level of European competition. And just really interestingly, AS Roma, you know, yeah. obviously have Jose Mourinho going there to be their manager next season. Huh. As things stand, are not going to be playing European football next season because they're mm. losing away at Spezia and Sassuolo have just taken a two nil lead against Lazio, <laughs> which has put them into seventh, which is that final European spot. Wow. Um, so I think, out oh, Off the top of my head, that's going to be the first season Jose Mourinho's not managed in Europe in his career. How mad is that?
1: It's crazy. I, I couldn't believe. I, I saw it earlier that we were in eighth or something. I was like, I couldn't believe
0: it. Yeah, they're, eight, they're eighth right now, which is going yeah. to be their lowest finish for about 12 years. Um, but it's going to be a job that Mourinho's got over there because they've been in a poor state for a while. Um, Also, just to keep everyone updated again, uh, Napoli are still being held by Hellas Verona at home and in the French League, PSG and Lille both winning. So that means that Lille are winning the title as things stand. Um, Going from Villa Park to Anfield then, I was watching the Liverpool game whilst you watched the Villa game. Um, Liverpool in total control in this one, to be honest. They dominated the game from the first whistle. Um, It was a really slow start from Liverpool. So, Palace did start the better. They had a couple of half chances at the start of the game. Um, but Liverpool overall had 70% possession, 19 shots to five. Um, and in the second half, especially, Liverpool just got their foot on the ball and maintained the pace of the game to what they wanted... Well, sorry, how they wanted it to happen. Um, do, have you watched any of the highlights for the Liverpool game or anything?
1: Yeah, I've watched all the highlights. So, it just seems... Yeah you know, in my opinion, what Mane two goals and he just that that's just a bit of kind of classic Mane, isn't it? Just gets in yeah. the right positions and you know, yeah, so Sadio goals and
0: Sadio Mane scored both goals for Liverpool. One was a knockdown um from a corner, the second one was a breakaway goal for Liverpool that was deflected in off of the underside of the thigh of Gary Cahill.
1: Hmm.
0: Um as I say, Liverpool had seventy percent possession in the game. They were totally dominant. Um and I know that some people be like oh no it's just being biased towards Liverpool but I think that despite the fact that they are Liverpool they are the defending champions I think they've done an incredible job to get into the top 4 this season. Yeah. I know that sounds like an underachievement to some people but just think about this and I don't and I know that a lot of people will go oh it's not an excuse everyone has injuries. Um, but like you said with Grealish a minute ago, if you, you should be able to function without one key player or a couple of key players, yeah. yeah. And Liverpool lost the world's best centre back. Like that's not losing a backup defender or mm. you know, like the second choice striker. They lost the world's best centre back. Um, and, and the guy who was the rock in their back four. So that's obviously one thing that they lost. Not only that, they lost both of his centre-back partners in Matip and Gomez. So, it's not like Liverpool were making excuses like some managers like Tuchel have been, who have got a deeper squad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But also, on top of that, they've also had injuries in midfield. They've also had, um, you know, like players going in and out of form, as players do. So, I think Liverpool have come up against, like, a really challenging season. And they've done an unbelievable job to come in the top four do you think it is an overachievement uh, sorry an underachievement for them this season or do you think considering what they've had to face they've done quite well in the end
1: Well I mean obviously you go from winning the Premier League to then finishing finish in third it's always going to be a bit of a you know disappointment in in certain ways but yeah 100% when you when you look at the the whole picture and yeah. you know put it into perspective like you said, they've missed key players throughout most of the season. Um, they've had to bring youngsters in pretty much like force them in. Not force them in, but, you know, rely yeah, on no, them. They've had, no, that. I, think that's,
0: I think force mm. is a fair word. They've had mm. to force in players like Nat Phillips and Reece Williams yeah. because
1: they don't have any other option. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is, again, you you got to think of it this way. Like, when City are on... When when City are on one. You ain't catching them. So you've no. almost got to just say, like, I know it sounds a bit shit, but, like, just accept that City are just going to do what they do and look at the rest of the league. And you go, well, actually, where are Liverpool compared to United now? They're mm-hmm. five points off. So Liverpool have managed this. Five without... points off. That's, you know, two wins and you're ahead of United. Exactly. Without that's... Van Dijk, Gomez, um, whoever else I know, and Cater. they've missed a couple of others haven't they, Henderson's been on and off Yeah, Henderson's he,
0: been so. out for most of the season Oxlade-Chamberlain's had periods out exactly, Jota
1: you know? they missed yeah, Jota exactly, for about three Jotter. months as well exactly, so you look at that and actually they've done really well Yeah, um, absolutely. and and yeah. you know what's even funnier
0: is that they haven't finished fourth, they finished third at the yeah. end of the day um, mm. so they didn't just scrape top four they
1: it's, actually came third. It's so. crazy thinking how one game, if they lost today, it would have been a completely different story and it would have been a lot more disappointing to yeah. for, for you know, we would have been talking about how actually, you know, they weren't quite they were in it but not quite enough there and they finished fifth and in Europa League next season and it is it would be a disappointment, you know, for Absolutely, them to have yeah. finished fifth. Um, but actually, what they've done here is probably quite smart in a way, and they've managed to get fourth um, with a bit of luck, third. fair enough. Third. Oh, sorry, third. They've managed to get in top four and third with a bit of luck. Um, and actually now, the brilliant thing for them is they can bring back Van Dyke and Gomez and say, mm. OK, well, actually, we've now got, who was it, Williams and Phillips? Yeah. Um, we've got two other centre-backs now. Who, who are ready to come in who are ready to come in when they need to need to be you know replace one of those guys or yeah. challenge them you totally. know they're challenging totally. right now and and that's brilliant you know Yeah, 100% mate 100% like i'm
0: just looking at their lineup from today and obviously we know that Wayne is leaving um he's he's you know announced that he's leaving today yeah um so he's a loss for them but you've got Henderson to come back into that midfield with Fabinho and Thiago yeah and then you've got van Dijk to come back in with Whoever you know at centre back, I don't think it matters as much if you've got Van Dyke, and then it looks like they're probably going to keep hold of their front three. So, again, Liverpool are just going to be absolutely frightening again next year. Mm. Um, there are obviously rumors that Ibrahim Canate could be joining from RV Leipzig, that would be an amazing signing a guy that can yeah. right back and can play centre back. Him and Van Dyke at the back would be quality, and again, that's just pff, Liverpool looking like an absolute world beating squad yet again, yeah. Um, Talking about obviously, Liverpool finished third, Chelsea finished fourth. We have to go to the king power where, disappointingly, Leicester City, mm. who led twice, lost against Tottenham and missed out on Champions League football on the final day of the season for the second season in a row.
1: Yeah, it's uh, disappointing. Well, you know, it is disappointing because we, yeah, it is. I think most people would have wanted Leicester to break into that top four and just. Yeah, 100%. Change, change okay. the dynamics, and you know it's not a disappointing season for them 100, because uh, won well, the again, they won the Cup, yeah, and they've I think... managed to finish fifth respectably. You know, I mean, you look at them, and one more win, they're in third. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's not like they've missed off by much. Um, so it's 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 a shame, but it is what it is. You know, and, yeah. Uh, again, I know we keep saying it, but look like, table doesn't lie, does it? So... No, exactly. I mean. It's
0: worth noting that had they not won the FA Cup, oops, yeah. um, had they not won the FA Cup, it'd be worth talking about whether this has been not a failed season. What would be the best word? I don't know. Um,
1: disappointing season. Yeah, really, disappointing season because they've the missed out on the Champions they League. Were. They've yeah. missed
0: out on the Champions League for the second season running in the exact same manner. You know, they've got themselves in the right position to be in the Champions League and then failed to secure it. yeah. Um, so I do understand that this season has been a great season because you win the cup, but I think it has got to be analysed that had they not won the cup, this could have been a very, very different year for Leicester in terms of the way we look at it. Yeah. Um, but on that note, they won the FA cup. They come fifth. They're in the Europa league, which is still a great achievement for a club the size of Leicester. I know yeah. they've won the premier league before. Um, we talked about this On you know we were playing the PlayStation together the other day. At the start of the season, you're a Leicester fan. Someone offers you your first ever FA Cup or a top four finish. Yeah, you're surely taking that FA Cup all day long.
1: Yeah, you have to really. I think if you if you really kind of understand how important as a fan, especially how important the FA Cup is and how special magical it is, you just can't you can't ignore that. In my opinion, anyway, I I would hundred percent take the the FA Cup next season over the top four. Um, Still have a good season, but yeah, top um, FA Cup over that. But yeah, and that's what they've got in the end, isn't it? And uh, like you said, if if they ended up losing the FA Cup and finishing as they did fifth, then you would be saying that it's been a disappointing season because of those because they've had the opportunity for one or both of them. Those you know two um, successes, and they missed out on both. But they haven't, you know they they've taken the FA Cup, and they've just narrowly missed out on one point by um, by uh, of the top four. And, and you know they they can uh, um, hold their head <laughs> hold their heads up high. And next season, they've got a strong squad. They've not got a squad like you know. It's not like they've man- done this off a bit of luck or off a rubbish season last season. Exactly. Um, you know, they, they will be there again, challenging. So, yeah. they will be They'll painful f- next season for them? They're a top eight
0: team. Like, I think, you know, we've got what's the so-called big six and then you've got like Leicester, yeah. West Ham this season. You've got yeah. like, other clubs like Wolves and Southampton who could potentially push into there as well. Um, mm. You know, they're a top eight club, Leicester, and hopefully, they, like you said, they can continue to grow, they can continue to develop as a team. Yeah. Um, and they'll be pushing towards not necessarily league titles, but they'll be pushing towards that Champions League qualification every season. And you, well, I, I expect them to be there, there or thereabouts again next season,
1: 100%. Well, you look um, just quickly, you just look at the table and you mm. go from third to eighth where Arsenal are, it's eight points. Yeah, And actually, you look at that and you go, well, Arsenal, really, they've only missed out on Champions League by, what, seven point? No, six points. And... And it's funny how, Arsenal, like, just quickly, how Arsenal's season has just gone from a horrendous one, and it's still not great. Obviously, I'd, eighth, I'd still but, say it's, I'd still say it's horrendous. To be honest, I mean they've. But when you 100% agree, 100% agree. But when you look at that and you say, "Well, two wins, and then they would have been in Champions League," we're nice. talking again. I know we've said it a couple of times, but we're talking a completely different story if they got two more wins. Then we'd be saying how they've managed a ma you know, a master class and they've they've somehow got into the Champions League. Well, yeah, was, I think I will know? say
0: <clears throat> sorry, I will say I think that Arsenal have been lucky in their running, other than Chelsea. They've played teams that have got nothing to play for. Mm. Um I don't want to I know this sounds really harsh in the way that I'm gonna say this, but I don't want to give Arsenal too much credit for finishing the season strongly because you know, like In a horse race, if a horse comes last by half an hour but still finishes the race, you don't give it credit, do you?
1: Well,
0: (laughs) do you know what I mean? So, like, I I understand that we're saying, yeah, Arsenal finished the season strongly, Nicola Pepe's got some great numbers for the end of the season, but at the end of the day, they've missed out on Champions League football for the first time in what was it like 25 years, Mm. and they haven't got to a cup final to make up for that or anything like that. You know, they've gone out with a whimper in the champ in the Europa League. They've not signed anyone who's really taken the club forward. If anything, I think that they've regressed from last season. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely understand what you mean, but I just think, yeah, the tables... I think with, with the, the, the table looks a lot closer because obviously Liverpool have picked up those points to close that gap,
1: yeah. whereas
0: beforehand, like the Liverpool <laughs> and the West Ham's were a little bit further off Leicester and Chelsea, weren't they? So, yeah. yeah, it's just a weird one. But no, I do. I understand where you're coming from, but I just don't want to give... Do you know what I mean? I don't want to give Arsenal... I wouldn't want to give any other clubs like Newcastle either that have picked up... Yeah, I know the what season. you mean. I, do I don't want to give it. them too much credit for having a good end to the season because, realistically, you don't yeah. carry that into next season, do you? Because you've now got like six, seven weeks of the Euros. Or, oh, sorry, like a gap, then the Euros, then another gap. So, it's not like you're transitioning straight into the next season. So, it's not like you've got anything to carry across, is it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fair enough. So I get... Um
0: one final result we haven't mentioned, and I've left this till last because obviously they won the league this season. Um, Man City 5, Everton 0, goals from De Bruyne, Jesus, Foden. And i really glad to see that Sergio Aguero got two in yeah. his final game for the club. Um, like you said beforehand, once they get going, it's like a train. You can't stop them, really. Yeah. Um, Man City, Premier League champions 2020-2021 an unbelievable squad, unbelievable achievement and potentially, a, you know, Champions League trophy to come as well.
1: Yep. It's, um, it's funny, isn't it? You just, you look to them last season when obviously Liverpool won and you, you go like, you know, what, what happened that season? Where, mm. where did it go wrong? But then they've just take, you know, picked off, picked up where they left off the season before and, um, and, you know, here they are. They've well, yeah, dominated exactly. the league, and and they're like you said, they're in Champions League final. I'm pretty much saying they're going to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you go into next season. And they've got, they've got a, a good squad, haven't they? You know, you look at like, oh, I, I'm so excited to look at Foden next season. You know, oh, uh, I cannot wait I, when he plays Villa. I'm, you know, shitting myself. But after <laughs> that, I can't wait to see him in every game.
0: <laughs> no, me too. I said th- he's. You know, we've, we're going to come on to ones to watch, yeah. shortly, which is sort of a, a this is a spoiler for that. But I'm so keen to see what Foden can do with more game time next season. And mm. also, I'm really keen to see what they do recruitment wise in the summer. We know that Harry Kane wants to leave Tottenham and we know mm. that Harry, um that Sergio Aguero is leaving Manchester City, whether mm. he goes in there or not. We'll have to wait and see, but I'm really interested to see how they recruit and whether they do replace Sergio as he goes out of the club this summer. Yeah, no, definitely. Um... Don't fall asleep yet, mate. Yeah.
1: I know, mate. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long day, but I'm, it has I'm, been a long day. I'm holding, but in.
0: I'm holding in there on. because we're almost at the uh, debate part. Yeah.
1: Um, but
0: yeah, Manchester City comfortable winners against an inconsistent Everton side who I've sort of criticised a lot this season, which may be oh. unfair to some people, but. I just remember at the start of the season, like Villa a little bit, everyone was so excited about Everton and they yeah. ended up
1: finishing 10th. Yeah, I, I, again, you just look at the, like, I saw it at the end of the, 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 you know, the games and I was like, how, how have Everton finished 10th in the end? You know, it's incredibly it's, um, poor. It's incredibly poor. Worst end to the season. Like, even for Everton, and I know that's... Like, back, like, to, back to normal with Everton, like, where they normally are. Well,
0: that's it, isn't it? And I don't want to say it because I don't want people to think I'm being critical of them for no reason. But you just look at it and you think, well, that's just Everton in a nutshell. You know, they were challenging for the top four and then they've fallen away and finished 10th. And like you said everyone can give Jip at Liverpool for not retaining their title or challenging their title more effectively, but they still stayed within reaching distance of it. Yeah. Whereas Everton haven't really progressed under Ancelotti again, but we're going sidetracked, but Manchester City, yeah. So we'll sort of finish our premier league, um, results roundup with Manchester city five nil over Everton. They are the premier league champions once again. Um, and they lifted the title today in front of 10,000 fans, which is great for them. Um, some results from around Europe. Lille have won league. Uh They have beaten Angers 2-1. Goals from Jonathan David and Burak Yilmaz securing the title. Angelo Fulgini did score for Angers in the 92nd minute to make it a little bit nervy. Um, but they have won the French title. Uh, PSG did win away at Brest. Um, goals direct from a corner, actually. Um, Angel Di Maria and Kylian Mbappe scored there. Uh, Monaco have secured European football for next season in the Champions League. They drew 0-0 at Lance. Uh, Lyon lost two, uh, 3-2 at home to Nice, which means that Lyon finished in the Europa League places. And in Syria, we are all disappointed that Napoli have finished 1-1 with Hellas Verona at home, which means Juve have jumped above them to finish in the Champions League spot. So, devastated for Napoli on the final day of the season. Um Another interesting result, just for um, just for people to be aware of, I guess, AS Roma came back to draw 2-2, which means that they actually finished mm. above Sassuolo on goal difference. So Sassuolo, who almost pipped Roma to European football, didn't quite. Um, and then, of course, AC Milan finished second behind Inter, They beat Atalanta by two goals to nil, both of them goals from Franck Kessier from the penalty spot. So that is the roundup of tonight's results. Now we are going to move on to our debate section of the podcast. This week, Alistair, do you want to do an intro for this? Because this
1: was your idea. Okay, then. Um, Right, so this week we are talking about our players to watch for next season.
0: And we sort of... um, we go into these things without really discussing it at all, don't we? We don't like to give each other um, no. the idea as to who we're putting down. Mm. Um, but just give me an idea. How did you come to your five? Is it youngsters only, or is it? Oh, I
1: tell you what, I haven't even made a five. I've just got players, mate. I really have. Um... So you've literally just <laughs> balls it up completely. <laughs> yeah. Right, so the quickly, thing is, okay, yeah. I'll just quickly make... pick five. Yeah. Well, I was just going to quickly say, like. Um respond to what you said i've got i've got players who are breakthrough players and some players who are who've had good seasons and i think next season it's going to just go really well for them so um yeah yeah i mean well
0: let's just have this one as a general discussion then instead of making the top three well no let's try and get a top three but let's make it more of a general discussion than I mean, I'll start off with one of mine, and I'm, I'll do the one that I think that you'll be really pleased to hear because it's a Villa player. Um, sure. My first one that I immediately came to because of I've seen him play a few times for a few different clubs, and I saw him play against Liverpool in that cup, um, in that cup game where you had to play all youngsters. Uh, my first one is Louis Barry. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah,
0: I just I'm really excited to see. I think he's yeah. a quality player, very quick across the ground, good finisher, um, scores lots of goals for your reserve team or youth team, whatever you want to call them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, you know, you don't move to Barcelona unless you've got a lot of quality. No, 100% uh,
1: agree. Hopefully, you know, he hasn't actually uh, from what they've said, he hasn't actually trained with the first team at all. Um, really? That's surprising. No, it does, mate. Yeah, it really does. But um I I'm really hoping I completely agree with you and I really hope that he um can be, you know, you know, almost like the um like our third if we get a you know, say we got Abraham or something, we got Watkins and Abraham, yeah. I want him I'd love him to be the third option, you know, the next well, that's, next choice.
0: That's almost know? where my thinking comes is that I thought, <laughs> right, who have Villa got that would play up front for them, so obviously Ollie Watkins. And then after Ollie Watkins, I'm like, hmm, I can't really think of anyone. We've well,
1: got Wesley and Davis, I'd, I'd I honestly, say, yeah, I was
0: gonna say, Wesley, who like yeah. just doesn't really play. There's rumors,
1: so, rumors that he might go out and loan, to be honest. So, yeah, he'll end up in fine. somewhere
0: like Turkey, to be honest. Like, that's where a lot of players go from the Premier League that have been rejects. Yeah. Like, he'll go to Galatasaray or someone like yeah. that. Um, and Keenan Davis, uh, again, it's, I it's apologize. not good He's not good enough for the Premier League. Um, my, my personal opinion is he's not good enough for the Championship, but that's another conversation. Yeah. Um, but Louis Barry could be the one to come off the bench when you guys need someone. Like, yeah, if you're going to oh, get yeah. Tammy Abraham, great. Um, but you don't need to sign two more because you've got someone who's just you know ready-made to come in and potentially change games for you.
1: Well, well that's the thing and that's the, that's the thinking of you know, our owners as well, for example, and, and you know, our back, backgrounds, backroom staff, they're, they're trying to do these things to sign these youngsters, so we don't mm. have to spend so much in the transfer window, and um, and you know, I mean, we have signed so many promising players, like, obviously, though, like Barry and Chuck Wimaker and Village and Villajun Days, we've signed this Kyrie Pierre um, mm. from Bristol Rovers recently, and we've been, signed, like, you know, we're linked with so many other youngsters. So, we're doing the right thing and we're building from our youth. And it just goes to show because, like, Grealish is the prime example. We want that with more players. So, exactly. it is um, it is really going to be interesting. I really, i on the same as you, I really hope that he breaks into the team. He gets. I hope he gets some, you know, in in the pre, uh, pre-season, he gets to train with the first team. Because yeah. that, that Liverpool game, just that one game, he was so... Cool and collected on that on, in that goal that he scored. That I just he has to be someone who's pushing the first team next yeah. season. Yeah, you know? well, that's
0: it, isn't it? Like, that's the <coughs> um, that's just it. Like, in the pre season, that's the opportunity for players to come in and impress. And as much as I want to see him get into the team, he has to make it happen as well. Yeah, um, so yeah, overall just a fantastic player that i'm really excited to see do you want to go for one of yours
1: yeah um i'm gonna do we doing top five now we're we just doing some random just
0: go for like talk about five or six of the ones that you've got and then we'll decide a top three based on the. okay
1: show. so oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll go with this one uh willock yeah i yeah, think next chance. season you know if if as Arteta stated already, that they plan on bringing him back to Arsenal. You know, these, again, I watched the highlights of him today, just so confident on the ball and he runs towards defence, you know, the defence and that. And he's, Mm. he, again, maybe Mm. something that just Arsenal have missed that, that drive forward. And he's, is is really exciting. You know, he's, he's gone and scored in seven games in a row for Mm. Newcastle. Um, I'm excited to see him next season. You know, I really, he's am. top
0: player. He's top, top player. Like, genuinely, is a quality, quality player. And I was surprised that Arsenal let him go because he's got the ability to make a difference. Yeah. Um. One thing I will say is, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how he's introduced into that Arsenal squad next season. Yeah. It depends on how they want to play in terms of what's the best way to say it, in terms of like their formation and their tactics, because it would be. A really good thing to see if they were able to get um, if they were able to get Willock and Saka and Tierney and Smith Rowe all in the same team.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: It would be really interesting. Mm. I mean, I yeah, I didn't really think of Willock because I think of him already as like an established like top like top player, and because it's a one to watch list. I sort of think the reason I didn't have him on my list basically is because I don't know whether he'll get the opportunity at Arsenal next season or if he'll end up sitting on the bloody bench.
1: So you reckon they'll still play the likes of Aubameyang and Lacazette and, you know, all of those? It
0: depends, doesn't it? Because he's done it this season and he could have not, but he decided to loan out
1: Willock instead of playing. him. Well, I mean, if he's, if he's come out and said, Arteta's come out and said, you know, Thank you very much. Kind of we're gonna have him back next season. Surely he is thinking right, this is one of the players I need to, you know, establish and gel into the first team now and start using a couple of fresh players because let's face it, the likes of Aubameyang, Yang, Lacazette, even Pepe to a certain extent, they haven't been consistent enough yeah, but in the season.
0: But how many times have you heard a manager say, Yeah, we need this player? Or we want this player and then not use them before. You know, like, off the top of my head, well, even like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, like, transfer flops. And I know it's slightly different, but players are brought in to play and then don't. We mm. talked about players like Donny van der Beek, for example. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's never... All I think is it's never a guarantee, especially with Arsenal, because, because just because I don't think Arteta knows... <laughs> what his best system is and who are the best personnel for that system. And in a way, you have to believe that he's going to trust Alabama Yang over a Willock.
1: Mm. Do you know what
0: I mean? So, um, but like, I I would really hope that he gets the opportunity to play. I genuinely hope that their team has more youngsters in it next season, because <laughs> you look at a team that's got Mohamed Elneny in it, and then you've got Chris <laughs> Willock out on loan. It's a bit like, well, I think you've got this wrong. Yeah. Um, but you know, there you go. I mean we're not football managers, but it's just our yeah. opinion. Um, my next one's a bit of a weird one, and I don't know if you'll have even really heard of him, and that's not an insult to you, because I don't think I don't think a lot of people would have heard of Alexis McAllister.
1: <laughs> Those two
0: names literally they should not be together, sure. So Alexis, Alexis McAllister, McAllister. So he's an Argentinian um who plays for Brighton and Hove
1: Albion that's like he's, the equivalent of cristiano smith
0: exactly his <laughs> mum is his mum is argentinian his dad is scottish <laughs> so he's got mac Alistair. <laughs> and was like oh that's brilliant so he's alexis McAllister. so he's a number 10 that plays for brighton and i became aware of him genuinely through football manager a couple of years ago and he started like breaking into Brighton's team a little bit more regularly. And when I watch Brighton, he always gets brought up by the commentators as saying, they say stuff like, Oh, that's a really nice ball, really nice touch or oh, it's good position. And, you know, they have those like little comments about him and mm. he's, you know, he's not a youngster. He's like 21, 22 years old. So he's not like right at the start of his career, but he's at that like part of his career. But if he can break into the first team, especially at a club like Brighton that play really nice football, he could be the sort of player that just absolutely flies if given the opportunity, because he has got genuine quality. Um, but yeah, I don't know yeah. if you've ever even properly heard. I
1: or... haven't. No, I I actually haven't. But I just... <laughs> it's just such a brilliant name. <laughs> Julio yeah. Barnes. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. I, I appreciate that. But
0: that yeah, way. no, genuinely, yeah. Um, like when he has played this season and last season, he gets positive... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not feedback, but positive observations, Reactions? I guess, positive comments from commentators. Yeah. Um, you know, he's well regarded at Brighton as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets an opportunity, but he's a player that and yeah, like I guess football manager is not a fair reflection on how you become yeah. aware of a player. But I'm not basing like, you know, what I think he could do next year on football manager, it's based on what he has done since I became aware of him. Yeah. Um, But he could genuinely become a really good player. Um, I want to touch on another one of mine just really quickly because I'm pretty sure you're going to have him as well. Um, Mm. It's Phil Foden because we've already mentioned him today. Mm. Obviously, Phil Foden is one of the best midfielders in the Premier League already. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's had limited game time still this year. He's still been in and out of the team. How excited on a scale of one to ten are you to see Phil Foden play You know, like 35 games next season?
1: Yeah, it's a cool 10. Yeah. It's a cool 10. I mean, I think just quickly, I'd, I'd say, actually, I think the fact that he has been on, in and out of the team this season has been a good thing for him because, mm. you know, to be heavily relied on that quickly. Because, you know, last season he was in and out a tiniest bit, wasn't he? Yeah. And you got a glimpse of him. And then for him to come in and be like a regular all the time for the whole season, I think wouldn't have done him the best of good, you Mm. know, Um, but you know, next season making the first team regular, definitely in my opinion. I mean, I cannot wait for him because I, I just watch the way he attacks in games and his positioning and how he's so confident to run with the ball and get into the positions to just go for a shot and scores them. And like even his even his goal today was so he he finished that goal like he was a you know a seasoned finisher you know like he'd done yes. it a thousand times before and it was such a smooth calm and collected finish. Um, I cannot wait for him, and I can't wait for him in the Euros. I really hope that he is you know as confident in the England team as he is in that City team.
0: Yeah, oh, that's it, isn't it? They need to give him that freedom. I mean, mm. you made it sound like he's your lover by saying, "I can't." Good. Wait for him. It was cool. really interesting the way that you were starting <laughs> to say that. Um, but no, genuinely, like not taking the piss. I completely agree. He's he is the player that I want to watch the most yeah. in the Premier League. Like he just, I know, I don't know if this is a f- like realistic word to use, but he just like he's like he's he glides across the surface. Yeah. Like, he literally just glides along the pitch. Like He doesn't look like he's making any effort. He looks like he's playing in the park. Yeah. He's unbelievably good. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's going to be amazing to see what he can do next season when, like you said, when he's relied upon a little bit more.
1: Yeah, definitely. I um, completely agree.
0: Yeah. Under, like anyone else that you're specifically well, excited I'll... about?
1: I'll um, stick with City, and I'll mm-hmm. say I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Ferran Torres does next season.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting one. Do you want to do you want to sort of give us an insight as to why?
1: Well, you you know, obviously, Aguero's been the main man for City yeah. for so long now, and rightfully so. And sit, you know, he's leaving City now or left last game today. Yeah. scored two great goals, and um, and I think again just we were talking about like things happening naturally earlier i just think it's it seems to have just happened quite naturally he's just taken that position a bit upon himself um in in specs not not throughout the whole season obviously but um you know he's scored goals he's scored a couple of hat tricks i think as well and um and you know you've got gabriel gabriel jesus there as a number nine at the moment. But I, I just think Torres is a ready-made replacement in a way um, mm. to just kind of fill that gap. You know, I, I genuinely think so. They've got, the thing with City as well, they've got so many players around. Now he'll have so many players around him, the likes of Sterling, De Bruyne and even Foden now and Jesus and that and Gundogan. And you, you go, well, He could, he could just learn from those players so quickly and he'll, they'll help him out so much. I just think I, I really think they could be um an interesting season for him. Like he could he could have a, he could have a really good season, you know. Yeah, he could oh, have, absolutely. Yeah. 15 20 goals if it if it goes, you know, especially being in the city team, you know, you could get goals if you wanted to. But again, it depends maybe depends on how the Kane transfer happens, what what happens with that and stuff like that. But Could be good for him, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. One hundred percent. It's um, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, you just think of, you think of players like Ferran Torres, and it's almost unfair to think of him because you like to say him as a as one to watch because you're like, wow, he'll,
1: yeah,
0: he'll just just continue. What I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah you, you just think, oh no, he'll just pick up where he left off last season. It's no problem at all.
1: But especially, especially when you're in a team like City with so much quality, you could stick in like no disrespect to some players, you know, but you can stick in a player from like, you know, say a team who just got relegated, like Sheffield United, like a Magaldrick or something, and you could still, he could still have a good season next season if he was the striker for City. You know, yeah,
0: 100%. Like, you'd expect someone like like Neil Mope, who's like, a, let's say, like Neil Mope, who's like a slight level up from, um, who did you say? David McGoldrick. Yeah. Someone who's in a team that just about avoided relegation in Brighton. He would get like 30 goals a season.
1: He could, yeah. You know, easily in that team. Not same team right? No, I
0: completely agree. It's like we said, though, it depends on where transfers go as well, because. Yeah like Ferran Torres has brought in as a highly rated young winger and he's played as that false nine. You know, he's scored a good amount of goals this season and he has looked really dangerous, but it depends whether they're going to convert him into a first-choice striker. And like you said, are they going to recruit someone? You know, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go for another one? Yeah, go for it. I've got another really obvious one and this one's from Liverpool. And this one's almost based on... Um, like we said before, not a youngster but someone who's had an okay season but next season's gonna come back with a roar is and this is a weird one, but Trent Alexander Arnold.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Like he's That's had good, yeah. a really poor season for him. I think that there's been a lot of criticism for him that was maybe unwarranted. Mm. Um, you know, he's still had he's still had a great season, but he's not had the best season that he can have. You know, he's been a player who has been pinpointed as struggling at certain points in the season. I think it's fair to say it's been highlighted by different um, commentators and pundits and like, you know, Gareth Southgate not selecting him for England squads and things like that as a reflection of how his season has gone. But next season, based on the way that he's played in these last couple of months and based on the fact that, like you say, Liverpool will have um, all of their star, well, not star players, but they'll have all of their key players back next season. I think he's going to come back with, you know, an absolute. Well, I think he's just going to have a lot to prove next season. I think he could have his best season yet for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, no, it was well, it's, it's an interesting one because as you like last season, he had a, such a great um, season with Liverpool. Um, he has dropped off, like you said, and you know I'd still have him in my um, in my England squad and that. So it's one hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> you know the the deliveries he brings to liverpool and even the england team is something which you don't get from any other fullback in our you know in our team in my opinion you know you you get a bit from them but the consistency and the quality is so good with him that you have to have him in that um in that squad so yeah yeah it could be an interesting one i, I agree I agree um,
0: do you wanna chuck another name into the hat I've only got one more that I actually wrote down?
1: Well I've got a couple like different ones just to look out for, but the you know so um I'll just throw a couple quickly just to get them out of the way. Yeah. Um one I'm disappointed with is obviously the fact that Eberacchiezzi has now got that yep, injured you know, injury. So I was yep. gonna have him because you know, again, he could he could be such an exciting player next season. Um even if it's for the second half of the season. But um, you know, the way he played in Palace and that. But uh I'll so I'll leave that one. Rodrigo for Leeds. Yeah I think it could it could, you know kind of um He's shown a lot himself. of
0: quality he's shown a lot of quality in the last couple of weeks, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, exactly. So uh, just to see how he brings that into the next season will be really interesting with Leeds, and you know, just in general, how will Leeds do next season. That's going to be interesting within within itself. So, um, so that was another one I just wanted to say. Really, um, mm. I've got I've got four more, um, but I'll just say <laughs> the one which I'll um, put as my next one to look out for, which I'm hoping will be the case. are oh, you just don't you just don't know with United, um, Mason Greenwood. Yeah, it a good shout.
0: He was one of mine that I thought of putting, but like I said I did a five. Yeah. Um so he missed out for my top one. But yeah, no, definitely. Do you want to do you want to like get yeah, I mean... more depth on that?
1: Again, I, the reason why I say it just depends on how united how, what their plans are next season is like, you know, obviously he's one of their strikers. Is he going to be one of the main two Maybe you know well, main two strikers next season. You just don't know with mm. United, and that's the problem. I think he could be. You know, they've already said that he's one of, is probably the best finisher at United at the moment. Yeah. You've yeah. got him. You've got Rashford, Cavani, Martial, um, Lingard at the moment. Now he's back off. his yeah, level than that. and and you go okay. There's five players here. I think they've probably got a couple more. Um But you look at those and you go, well. The thing is, he's 19 years old, and you go, like, what they need to sell a couple of them, really. Cavani's staying, so okay, like, what do you do with Rashford, Lingard, Martial? I would like to think that they, you know, and Solskjaer would be, you know, would say, okay, we got Cavani, um, let's just use Greenwood a bit more, let's bring him into the squad, but I just don't think they're going to rely on him as a as their main striker, especially the fact that they're going to want to push for the Premier League title next season. You know, no matter what people think, whether they're good enough for it or not, in their mind, they're going to want to, they finish second, they're going to want to push City next season. And are you going to be able to do that whilst nurturing Greenwood into the team still? Because he's, I don't know how many goals he's got this season, but I don't think it's many. Like, I don't don't know if he's got double figures or not. It, It might have. He has in all
0: competitions,
1: but i not in, in the Premier League. But in like just the Premier League, I don't think he has. And, no. and You know, if you're going to be one of the top teams, if you're going to win the Premier League, you're going to want a striker who's got 20, 20 goals plus. And a seasoned striker like mm. Harry Kane might be something that United, for example, might look at and go, OK, if we want to win the Premier League this season, this is the kind of player we need to have. So if that's the case, I'd... I worry that Greenwood won't get the game time that he yes. needs to get, but that's I the he does. No,
0: go on. It's just that's the problem, isn't it? Like, and that's sort of something that Graham Soonest brought up on Saturday, fo- um, on Monday Night Football the other week. I think was that United squad at the minute, despite all the net spend, you know, all the money that they've spent, their net spend being ridiculous. Yeah, they 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 still don't have a good enough squad yeah. and it just shows like there's evidence that if you give the opportunity to the youngsters they can make a difference like Marcus Rashford Luke Shaw like yes they brought Luke Shaw from Southampton but given the opportunity and he comes good You know, they've got Scott McTominay in their midfield, who is arguably their most important midfielder because he's the only one to me who is consistent other than Bruno Fernandes. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: You know, and then you've got the quality of Mason Greenwood coming through as well. They have to give him more of a chance because I would rather see him in the team. If I'm a United fan, I'd rather see him in the team than Martial, for God's sake. Martial does nothing for 90 minutes most of the time. Yeah. but yeah, I totally agree with you. Would you would you take him to the Euros as part of the England squad? No,
1: nah, well, I wouldn't take. It. I did think about it the other day. I I did that um, on BBC Sport. The yeah team you take and and I I just I just wouldn't. You know, I don't I don't think. You know, next next competition, I'm pro- I'm going to take him. I'm pretty sure about it. it just depends yeah. on you know if he's um, if he continues to improve as the player he can be. He could be a, an incredible. he, he could be. A, England's main striker in a few years' time. But no, mm. I, would, I wouldn't take him now. I'd, I'd be taking Kane, Calvert Lewin, Watkins, and I I, 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 <laughs> I would, mate. I wouldn't be. I, well, it's, it's funny I say that because I'm looking at it right now, and Rashford's actually got 21 goals this season, which surprises me a bit because I thought he's had a pretty dire, like, crap season, really. Just mm. not been there all with it. Um, and I still wouldn't take him personally like
0: I'd take rashford over watkins
1: yeah i I, I see that I, I get that you know I'm, I'm not coming, a I'm coming Marcus from
0: rashford. I'm not a massive Marcus rashford apologist like I'm not a massive Marcus rashford fan I'm just like and it's not even on reputation or club or anything like that but if I had one of Marcus Rashford or Ollie Watkins sat next to me to bring off the bench because we're losing against someone in like the quarter final. Mm. I'd put on Marcus Rashford because more than anything, he's got more goals at Premier League and international level yeah. and he's got more
1: experience of big games. No, right. fair enough. I, I, that, I can't argue with that. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, mean. I really mate. you know more than anyone because we talk so often. I love Ollie Watkins, I think he's absolutely quality, but. I just, yeah, I just don't think that you can take him over the likes of Rashford, or like you mentioned, I would a hundred percent be taking Calvert Lewin as well.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I don't agree with that. You know, I'm coming from a bias perspective. Yeah, yeah. Obviously a Villa fan, but um, no, that's fair. That's fair enough. You know, I, I just look at sometimes I look at, you know, I look at the, the, club teams. You know, the the teams in um. I look at I look at them as club teams, and, and I'm trying to think what I'm trying to say. But as an international team and a club team, I look yeah. at the players individually, and I just I think of like a player like Rashford. And I just some players just don't perform at the international level, you know. And I just yeah, and I've seen it. You know, you watch it so often in the last like few years, and there's some players, and I just you know the likes of again Lingard, Rashford, they're just not. Quite with it, even yeah. You no, know, I'm not going to be biased with those. Like, like even Sancho, even Sancho hasn't really been, yeah. James Sancho's one that's really struggled, you know. And you look at Bellingham, like Bellingham's first game for England, Filipinac. He made such a difference. He was so like confident and you know uh, like forward-minded with the ball. But it-
0: just to cut in really quickly, because I completely understand what you're saying and I understand where you're going, but it's that risk versus reward thing, isn't it? Because,
1: mm-hmm.
0: been, like, say he takes Ollie Watkins, and, I, and it could be an, any number of players, like, because yeah. we're talking about Ollie Watkins just because you mentioned him. But Ollie Watkins, you take him over Rashford, that would, you know, it would probably cause some sort of fuss around the country, but it would be accepted because everyone trusts Gareth Southgate, right? Yeah. And say that yeah I, I understand what you say and i completely agree like Jaden sancho is the specific example he's just not got going in an england shirt at all um but you take ollie watkins and you're two nil down against let's say germany in the quarterfinals and we put on ollie watkins to play up front alongside harry kane and he misses four one-on-ones and he gives the ball away and we can see the third Who's to say that? Do you know what I mean?
1: I get what you mean. It's, 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 that risk, it's that a saying.
0: risk versus a reward thing. And it's also, it's football. Like, anything yeah. can happen in football. We've seen that this season. We've seen that well, over the last few years, since that Aguero goal, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've seen so many amazing things in football, but I just think that I would rather have a a player who has that experience of a big game. And also, I think that maybe Rashford's a little bit more versatile than Ollie yeah. Watkins in terms of the positions he can play. You can yeah. play him off the left and the right, whereas Ollie Watkins, for me, is very much more of a central striker. Although, I'm sure he could play down the channels. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that we've got sidetracked there. But I just, I wouldn't be able to say... I wouldn't take Greenwood, to go back to our original point. I wouldn't take Greenwood, which... A couple of pundits on Match of the Day a couple of weeks ago were saying they would. I don't see where you can fit him in. I understand that it's now a 26-man squad, um, but I would rather take if you would if there was like a space to fill and you would had the choice of like a couple of youngsters or Greenwood, I'd rather take the likes of Jude Bellingham. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to wait and see what Southgate does. Yeah. Um, my last. One to watch was um, Tyreek Mitchell, Crystal Palace left back, who okay. um, you'll be thrilled yeah. to obviously talk about the fact that he scored the winner <laughs> against Villa last week. Um, mm-hmm. But away from that, he's had a pretty solid season. Young left back who's come into the Palace team because Patrick Van Arnholt's leaving in the summer. Um, you know he's he did a really good job against Mohamed Salah today. I know that Salah got the assist for the second goal, but he was on Salah like a rash for most mm. of the game and Salah really struggled to get clear opportunities at goal because of him. Um and I've seen him play other games this season and he's performed really, really well. And I just think he's another and it's a another great young English player coming through at a Premier League club that I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah.
1: It's um it seems a bit of a you know exciting time to have so much English talent on show. Mm. Um you know, not even like real youngsters. You look at a couple of like 22, 23 year olds. Yeah, I mean,
0: Tyreek like Mitchell, I think, is 20. So he's not like the youngest 21, youngster. I think, yeah. 21. He's not the youngest youngster coming yeah. through. But in terms of like longevity in the England squad, if you look at a, a 21 year old, they can play until their mid 30s nowadays with the sports yeah. science, strength and conditioning and nutrition that's in football. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that he's really exciting and he's not necessarily like, the sort of left-back that you look at these days and think, oh, like the sexy left-back in terms of the way he plays. Do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't get up. He doesn't put loads of crosses into the box. Although, I suppose, I'm just counteracting my own point, he might be able to because that's not the way that Palace have played under under Hodgson, is it? So, maybe he is an attacking fullback and we've just not seen it yet. But I like the fact that he's quality defensively and I think that he's got a promising career ahead of him. And... I could see him going to a bigger club in the yeah. future, especially if like if West Ham, for example, become a consistent European side or Leicester stay up in and around the European football like we talked about earlier. Or if Villa push on, you know, if Villa yeah. get on to that next level, maybe they look at someone like him.
1: Yeah, maybe. Really
0: interesting, yeah. but yeah, an exciting player nonetheless. Have you got any others
1: you wanted to mention just briefly? <laughs> Um, briefly mentioned, so I've got one more who I want to, you know, player to watch. There's two I briefly mentioned, mm-hmm. um, who are going to come up from the championship. So one is going to be Emi Buendia, yeah, yeah, we've seen him in the Premier League already, like really, really yeah. good player. So that'd be interesting. And, yeah. um, and if they come up, which I'm hoping they do, um, Bradford. striker Ivan Tony, yeah, I, I mean, I'm Ivan sure.
0: Tony is a really interesting player because. In the two semi-finals so far, um, have you watched
1: them? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think that he's had the best games. No. Um, I think he's struggled to make an impact in the games. Swan- Swansea? Not Swansea. Who do they play?
1: Um, they oh, played Bournemouth. Bournemouth.
0: thank you. Yeah, I went completely...
1: Um
0: yeah. yeah, so they obviously played Bournemouth who were a good side but I didn't think Ivan Tony did much to impress so it'll be really interesting to see what he's able to do if he comes into the Premier League yeah um, what was I going to say then but um, yeah no I totally agree it'll be also be interesting if he's actually at Brentford whether they come up next season or not because yeah. he's been linked with obviously a few big clubs he has obviously I don't know if you remember this he has actually played in the Premier League before did you know that
1: um
0: I do didn't know so he used to play for Newcastle. Oh, really? And yeah, he played yeah. a few Premier League games for Newcastle United before going out on loan to like I think he oh. went to Northampton, yeah. where he then got sold to Peterborough and then off he went to become oh, wow. this absolutely quality player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just unbelievable that Ivan Tony's had. He's one of those players like Avadi almost, not quite as low a level, but he's worked his way back up through the leagues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely one to watch, Ivan Tony. It'd be really interesting because it's like Patrick Bamford in a way. Can he do it in the Premier League after going away and proving himself a little bit?
1: Yeah. That's do really, more, um...
0: really good shout. Did you have one more you said as well?
1: Can you guess who it is?
0: Is it one of those Villa youngsters,
1: Carney Chukwuka?
0: Oh, woohoo! <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs>
1: nah, I've already talked about him a bit, but yeah, it, it from Villa's perspective, he seems like the natural, not replacement for Greeness, but the naturally like next Grealish yeah. Um, to come through the ranks, you know, and he's he's played the last two games, you know, come on for the last two games against Spurs and uh, Chelsea and okay, yeah, you know Spurs game, straight away he was on for two minutes and he hit the post, like, brilliant this game, he's got like 20 minutes under his belt, mm. um, didn't really do much at all, had a couple of, you know, good moments but um, yeah, I'm just I, I'm really excited hopefully he stays with Villa I can't see him going but hopefully he, um he does stay, and next season, I just think he's he's going to be a regular on the bench,
0: mm.
1: and to come on, and hopefully throughout that season, it'll be. I'm kind of thinking he's going to be in the same position next season as Foden was two seasons ago. Yeah, just like used
0: sparingly,
1: but yeah, and then the it. season after, he'll be hopefully then in the squad a bit more established and. He'll be in about like like Foden is now. Not saying it's going to be exactly as Foden, but um, there's a lot of potential with this kid, and um, yeah. and people people have been looking at him a lot. So I'm yeah, as a Villa fan, I'm yeah, really excited to see how he um, how he kind of comes into next season. Really, yeah, so no, absolutely
0: fair enough. I mean, I don't know much about him at all, um, so I'm not really going to comment much. i genuinely not really see well,
1: much of just, him. i'll just quickly say as well like Grealish was you know is a villa lad he's from the same place i am sully hall and he's come through the ranks um for, you know since he was like a youngster so he's come through the whole youth system chuck will make was pretty much like he was at northampton um right. before us but when he turned 12 he came to Villa and he's been at Villa since and is, again, another kind of prospect from our own academy, really. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just, it would be interesting to see how he is, so should be good. Yeah,
0: no, interesting. I mean, I've been to Solihull and it's a shit hole, so. Um... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like a couple of other, of, of other honourable mentions that I wanted to make that. Obviously, like I said, I did a five. And feel free to jump in here with any of these that you want to discuss or any you want to mention, but um honorable mentions there's Abu Diallo, the you know, the the young lad at yeah. United, who's very, very bright young winger that I've seen play a couple of times. Um Liverpool have got Harvey Elliott, who had an amazing season on loan at Blackburn this year. He did really, really well. Emile Smith Rowe at Arsenal broke into the team over the last five, six games. He's one to watch for sure going into next season, especially because he's impressed so much this season. Got Rayan Aitnuri at Wolves, who's the left back. He's really bright. You've got um, Troy Parrott at Tottenham. If Harry uh, Harry Kane is going to leave, he could be a youngster who's going to get a lot more game time for them and i wanted to give a shout out as well to a guy that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago is morgan gibbs-white who hopefully yeah. again will give a bit uh, sorry get a bit more game time either with wolves or with one of the teams that come up potentially because i could see him going to a brentford or a swansea or even a watford on loan and having a good season so um yeah you know a shout out to him as well because we're both big fans of gibbs-white Exactly, you love him on FIFA. I think he's decent <laughs> of Football Manager, and that's where we are. Um, <laughs> uh, before we sort of round up, do you want to try and formulate a top three, or should we just sort of leave? conversation this week because yeah,
1: just I think nothing. it's really
0: I think it's really subjective in terms of what a one to watch is because yeah. we've talked about youngsters. We we could have done that as a brightest youngster list rather than ones to watch um, because the ones to watch that we've done some of them are established players that we think could have better seasons next season like mm. you could even throw in players like um Stephen Bergvine at Spurs yeah. who has barely played this year but you know comes in he's still only like 24 25 and he's absolutely class but he's just yeah. not given an opportunity you know you could look at players of you know that age and that quality that just haven't played mm. um which could be another list in itself another week but yeah, I think that we've covered some really good players there and hopefully, like we say, we'll be able to see them as they come through next year. And I'm sure that we've missed out some that people will be sending us messages, hopefully, to say that we should have included. Yeah. Um, sorry, I won't keep you up for <laughs> much longer, mate. <laughs> You're terrible, you are. You see, this is the thing, you, we go... Yeah, it's...
1: Well, it's later than 10 o'clock, mate, and you know that's my bedtime. So... Well,
0: don't talk so much about bloody Tuquamica, then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, we will not have
1: to for a while now, anyway. <laughs> exactly.
0: We're moving on to the Euros, baby! Oh, um, yeah. Well, next week's podcast will be a special about the Europa League and the Champions League finals. Um, Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Um, We will be doing regular updates throughout both of those games and in the lead-up to those games as Man United play, play VRAL and Manchester City play Chelsea in the two finals. That will be next Sunday. And then after that, it will be Euro uh, Euros preparation. I nearly forgot what I was trying to say there. Uh, we'll be doing a deep dive into all the teams that we think will do well and we'll have a special look at some of the minnows going into the tournament, including Scotland and North Macedonia. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing for the Euros already. Yeah. I'm sure you are as well. I'm sure that all of our listeners are. Um, but, Alistair, anything else to add this week from you, my lovely?
1: Uh, no, it's just been a very uh, brilliant season again for Villa and for everyone involved, apart from top three, sorry, uh, bottom three, sorry about them. Um, but I'm looking forward to next season. Can't wait to see how a lot of teams perform. <laughs>
0: Very diplomatic and very strangely Thank delivered. Thank you Thank very you. much for that. Um, yeah, I mean, as the curtain comes down on another Premier League season, congratulations to Manchester City. Congratulations to all the clubs um, who achieved something this year, whether it was Champions League qualification, safety, or becoming the second biggest Claret and Blue team in the league. Um <laughs> Yes, again, though, I've been Toby. Thank you very much for listening this week. Uh, he's been Alistair. We have been right. the Football Chitter Chatter podcast, and we will see you soon.